Hi, everyone. Welcome to this edition of the Everything is Energy show. It is January 29th, 2015, and this is your host, Judy Greeno. As always, I'm here with Stephen Lewis, the developer of the AIM program of energetic balancing, which is why we meet every week to get the, the latest updates from Stephen. Stephen is also the co-author of Sanctuary, the Path to Consciousness, which chronicles the basically the decades of, of research and private practice that preceded the launch of the AIM program. We encourage you to, to get that book if you haven't read it or pick it back up if it's been a while since you have read it. It's just invaluable to help remind everybody about our innate ability to heal and how the AIM program can assist us in that endeavor 24-7. As we begin, we want to remind our listeners that AIM Energetic Balancing is not medicine or what we tend to think of as traditional health care, and it does not diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure disease. EMC Squared's holographic spiritual technology helps you heal energetic imbalances in consciousness where everything is created and where all true healing occurs. Only you can heal you. AIM assists you in doing so 24-7. Imbalances in consciousness are what EMC Squared believes to be the predispositions or potentials for eventual negative manifestation unless they're healed by you. Once healed from your consciousness, the good news is imbalances are gone for good and can neither manifest nor be passed on to offspring, allowing you to become the first in the history of your family with no family history. Just as every individual is unique, every AIM participant's healing experience is unique to them. Finally, when discussing energetic imbalances that have names that are the same as or that are similar to names of diseases, remember we work with and are talking about energetic imbalances only, not about actual diseases. The same is true when you hear us today discussing new hereditary imbalances. We're going to see what frequency or frequencies the imbalance may be similar to, but he's not talking about the actual disease. And lastly, as we do not perform any physical tests of any kind, we cannot and do not confirm or dispute any medical diagnosis. Stephen, good morning, sir. How are you? Me, I'm fine. How are you doing, Judy? I'm doing good. Doing good. Thank you. I apologize Hi. if you heard a little beep. I have a call waiting, and inevitably it's either the garbage truck or some anonymous caller calling at this hour. <laughs> uh, inevitably. With me, it's often people whom I've said, I won't be able to talk to you Thursday morning because I've got this radio show. And they call anyway. And then when Eileen calls them back, they go, all right. <laughs> you know, what are you going to say? Not a thing. I heard your introduction. It's really interesting. I think we're rapidly approaching the place where everything in life is seen as a frequency. And more to that, in that what we call diseases are not the most relevant things to our well-being or ill-being, hmm. but rather a guideline, a little there is a bigger yardstick, measuring stick in life than the existence or non-existence of a disease. More and more, I find, I believe there are countless people with diseases that get them and overcome them, and there it is. 
and they may say, you know, I had a tough week last week or two weeks ago or whatever, or uh, this has been a bad winter for me, or I seem to be better now, or whatever it is. Right. And I think people have diseases and overcome them. But I think that it's not the disease that matters. It's what you overcome or don't overcome that matters. Diseases are there, they come, they go. But you overcome or don't overcome, that makes a difference mm-hmm. in, in your life. And to speak of the diseases, you know, also, but what do you do about it? What, do you, what did it do about you? That makes any sense to you? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the direction life is not just going. It, it is the way life is, but it's being recognized more and more as such. Um, For us, you know, we make a distinction between the disease and the frequency. And we do. And yet, everything in life, in the world of physics, is a frequency. Right. Um, And given that, we don't really pay that much attention to the existence or non-existence of a disease. We say, yeah, look, nine out of, roughly nine out of ten people have the frequency of hereditary cancer. It's when it becomes active enough to be called active, whatever that means. There's a line, you know, when it goes over mm-hmm. that line, we say, okay, it's active. And even then, so, okay, you have to heal it. And we don't really get too caught up in the idea of disease, but rather the idea of what we must heal as being relevant. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting distinction. I think it's a foretelling. It's a hint of the future, not just for us, I think for life. Uh, but it hasn't hit the mainstream thought yet, which means if some mainstream person out there heals it, they're going to go, what gibberish, what a bunch of BS, etc. And to which I say, fine, and a nice day to you too, sir. And inevitably, that you reach that point, and, and that's it. I mean, I'm still set with people saying to me, well, I'd like to go on your program. What can you do to convince me? Right. <laughs> you know, still, right? and I say, not a damn thing. Mm-hmm. It should be that if I fail in my efforts to convince you to not go on, that should make you go on the AIM program. <laughs> there you go. Because it means you get it, and that's it. I'm just this pain in the ass who's making noise, trying to, like, you know, get in your way and dissuade you. should be the opposite of what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it was up to me, it, it would be and will be because I don't try and convince anyone of anything anymore. No. I really do not. Right? What can you do to convince me? Not a thing. There's nothing mm-hmm. in the world I can do to convince you. 
That's it. Aren't you going to try? Nope, not going to try. Mm-mm. Well, that doesn't seem fair. Well, it's the way it goes. Don't worry about it. Well, but I want to be convinced. Well, I can't do it. Find the convincer. <laughs> if they need to be convinced, they don't get it. True. And when they get it, they don't need to be convinced. Mm-hmm. And it's just like catch-22 of sorts. I mean, yeah, this is what I find. What do you think? What do you hear no, out there? I, I totally agree. And I, what I was, um, I'm always taking notes when you're when you're talking too, because I cause I have to do topics afterwards. But you you made the statement toward the end there that we don't get we don't get caught up in the idea of disease, but rather what we must heal. And and I think that that's that's a really good description of those of us on the AIM program because I think increasingly so we're reminded that as we're not we're not just healing disease frequencies, but we're healing the emotions behind them, the ultimate things that created these imbalances within us. So that to me just makes it that remembrance makes it an even well, yeah, more. Yeah, it all it all kind of comes together. And what we're trying to do is figure out what creates what, mm-hmm. what is created by what, how they work together, and mm-hmm. above all, what we can do to affect it. Because right. we can do a lot. And we do a lot, but we can do a great deal more. Um, that's, you know, we get back to my friend Wayne, Wayne Dyer, when he wrote his book about the power of intention. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of proud of the fact that he got that title from when uh, A. Wayne, you know, and he said, well, why is my picture in the DMV not doing anything? I said, because it's just a picture, Wayne. What do you want it to do? It's just a picture. And and I went on to explain. You're like the guy who walks into Home Depot and sees a stack of wood and sees a chainsaw and says, why is that saw not cutting the wood? <laughs> and I said, it's, they're just tools, Wayne. Without you, nothing's going to happen. Without your intention, mm-hmm. nothing will happen. It is the power of it, your intention, that makes the saw cut the wood. If your intention is there, and the saw fails, you get a different saw. You'll cut the wood. Uh, we wrote a book that sold over a million dollars. Didn't give me a penny for it. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne has been out there for t- telling people this is the way it is for a long time. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's funny. I don't know how Wayne would define himself. I, don't, I haven't spoken. I've spoken to Wayne in a couple of years, or about Wayne. Mm-hmm. But we're each aware of the other being there. Right. But, you know, would he call himself a physicist? I don't think so. But this is physics. This is what quantum physics is. The second you get involved in any aspect of the hologram, you are involved in quantum physics. Hologram is why we are. Well, it's why everything is everything. And therefore, everything impacts and touches everything. All we have to do is figure out 
how and in what way and what we can do about it and what it can do about us. Um, other than that, we don't have much to do. <laughs> no, not at all. But but it's, uh, it's so you're you're so right is that we're not here to convince anyone. I, I just give us a lot of credit that I we're here every week and you're here explaining things to us every week. So we're doing all we can we can uh, think of to do to try to help people understand what it is we do and what we don't do. But um, I like what you said about you know not my job to convince you. Well, how did you put that? If if I fail in my efforts to to tell you to not go on, then maybe that should make you go on the program. <laughs> that that is such a Stephen Lewis statement, but it's it's just, it's perfectly said. Really. And and I think the other thing, too, Stephen, is that last thing I want to do is convince everybody because I want them to, to try to understand as much as they can, even though, you know, many people, this, this whole concept blows them away, as the book did to me years ago. But that this, you know, this isn't a program that's going to fix them. This is an empowerment tool, major empowerment tool. How far you want to go down the rabbit hole? I always get back to that. Well, it's absolutely true. It's just... Everyone says things different ways, but, you know, mm-hmm. like Niels Bohr said, if you are not completely amazed and confused by quantum physics when you hear about it, mm-hmm. yep. you can't have understood. Mm-hmm. And you've got that in the book, as I recall. Uh, something to that effect, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I remember what the words are, but it doesn't matter. It, it, it's like that. There are rules, and we we really are beginning to try and figure out those rules. Uh, we are those who are not who are not shocked when they first come across quantum theory cannot possibly have understood it. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's that's so true. I'm trying to think. There was a there's a, a great quote. It's in the in the first one of the first chapters of the book called The Road where um Evan was explaining how he first his first meeting with you but he made some, some words to the effect that if I hadn't already had some familiarity with this work he would have thought it was the biggest load of here it is um Max seemed to have achieved this is on, this is on page 30 Max seemed to have achieved an undreamed of level of precision with his approach to this work. And for people that may be new here, this was written well before the launch of the AIM program. It goes on to say, my reaction to the information in the book was mixed. I knew that if I hadn't already experienced for myself that Max's techniques worked, I had it backwards, I would think that the book was the biggest load of crap I had ever read. But now in the face of reality, I had already experienced it provided information, and it helped me understand that the incredible work Max was doing was at least possible. I had it reversed there, but I knew there was something there about, you know, biggest load of crap I'd ever read. So that kind of sums it up, too. Well, it all does, because everything is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rules, science is just a guideline to scrape the surface it's a good guideline, and it's handy, and it's useful, but it is not the answer. It is, if anything, an entry pass 
And you don't have to really be a scientist to get it. You have to get it to get it. And if you don't get it, you just don't get it. And it doesn't mean you won't. It means you don't. Right. Buster, Buster, go away. The cat decided to undefection. Cat wants in on the conversation, huh? (laughs) Oh, the cats cats are perverse, you know that. (laughs) And so the fact that I'm not paying attention to him is why he must of course. get involved. Um, so, well, here we are. I guess really? we should try and ease away from this discussion with no beginning and no end <laughs> and get into something more concrete. Fair What's enough. the last imbalance that we had? We, uh, You had just found, and it just went on the trays last Thursday, 84.52. So that was the last one that we talked about last Thursday, Stephen, and I show, let's see, I show two that were added on Monday, two on Tuesday, and then one late yesterday. So I've got a total of five. Yeah, well, there's actually another one because I just finished it um, right before I dialed your number. Oh, okay. So nobody has it, nobody knows about it now. As of now, Roberta knows. Okay. But she just knows the same thing you know. Nothing more yet, but that'll change. So the first one to discuss is 8462. Uh, that was a Stephen Lewis imbalance. It's rickettsial. It's similar to polio and streptomatic estropioni. Uh, best thing you can say about that is it's gone. Okay, now that just went on the main aim trays on Monday. Is it still possible if people have been on the on the program long enough if they had it that they probably did yes, that? Yes, thank you. I just was looking at that. Mm-hmm. So it's gone in me. Okay, you found it before the twenty sixth, then. Yeah, I found it in the weekend. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it is gone in me. In people on aim, no, it's not gone. Okay. But it and will be. On this, in a it day will or be two? Sure, yeah, probably today. No, probably okay. Today. Okay. And also gone today will be the next one, which is, that was 84.62. What's the next one's address? 84.13. Got it. Okay. There you go. <laughs> and that is another Akensio imbalance found the same day as 84.62. 84.13, very sim- simply, is similar to TWI. Now, that means trepanematosis and western equine encephalitis. But that's not so simple because where do you have trepanematosis? Oh, wherever you have syphilis. You can have that. Where do you have syphilis? Wherever you get it. I mean, it seems to be potentially anywhere it wants to be. Mm-hmm. And when you study syphilis in the textbooks, it comes down to that. Right. Um, I have seen, I have a lot of familiarity with syphilis because I worked for the health department many, 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 many years ago. And uh, so I've seen people with syphilis of whatever you can think of. And then to make it worse, and I learned about trypanematosis, it turns out, and this is not known probably by 99% of the MDs in the world, that it is endemic syphilis, non-venereal syphilis. And energetically, it shows up as having the same frequency 
as venereal syphilis. Hmm. But it was not acquired sexually. And so there's that. Um, that's 8413. Twee. It'll be gone today. Um, we have three, four more left. 8423 is, speaking of the devil, also a ketium imbalance, similar to syphilis of the joints. Um, syphilis of the joints can be in almost any joint, but it's almost always in the low back, in the knees, in the feet. Uh, it stops walking. It makes walking very difficult. It's in the nerves going to the low back, the knees, the feet, etc., the hip joints. And so that's 84.23. And that just went on the 27th, so Tuesday. Oh, yeah, no, no one's rid of that yet. Okay. No one. And after that, there's another one. Interesting. 84.33. It is a virus. Very rare to have a predatory virus. This one is that, and it's similar to a virus. And the virus it's similar to is feline caliche. Feline caliche is in the sinuses. It is in the nose. That's where it is. If people get it, they have one thing like that. And um, it's kind of, they have congested sinuses. If cats get it, from what I'm told, they die. Not because of the disease, but because they can't smell. If a cat cannot smell its food, it will not eat its food. So, when I've had some exposure to that from one of my cats, I had to figure out how to get rid of this quickly because it's my cat. Yep. And uh, that's what I did. But that's 8433. Uh, right on the heels of that, is 8443. 8443, uh, very surprising to find it. It was a, an hereditary cancer frequency. Oh, it's similar to two types of cancer. First of all, it was similar to cancer of the throat. Similar frequency of transitional cell carcinoma. Um, I saw that, and then I saw next, similar to the frequency of cancer of the bladder. Now, the person in whom I found this got this from his mother. And his mother is someone on AIM. So I checked her, and she had it. And she did not have the frequency of active cancer. It was still hereditary in her and in her son. Of course, hereditary and active is just a line. At some point, you say, all right, at this point, we're going to call it active. Before that, it's hereditary. Because hereditary disease frequencies without a doubt, can cause damage. But this was not active. 
When will it be gone? Well, I would say Saturday. We'll be gone Saturday. That's 84.43 malignancy frequency. And last but not least is what I found this morning. It is Rickettsial. Uh, it is an imbalance that is similar to Sheppermaticus and Propioni. I found that in me. It's also similar to MS. Hmm. Also similar to polio. So, I found this two minutes before I called you. I will know more about it during the course of the weekend. So, and this is 8453? 8453. And I will give that to Roberta, and she will officially give it to you shortly. Okay. And that brings me up to date. I saw something interesting in the paper yesterday, in Google News yesterday. And uh, let me see if I can find it. I stored it in my computer here just so I had some, some reference to it. Yeah, they were talking about Ebola and their concerns with it. It turns out, I didn't know this, by the way, that Ebola is a retrovirus. It affects the RNA. So in so doing, it forms new DNA. Well, I know it was a retrovirus because we know about some very common retroviri, like uh, HIV. And in writing about this yesterday, this guy from uh, some National Institute of Health of somewhere in in UK says, another common concern is that while the virus has more time and more hosts to develop in, Ebola could mutate and eventually become airborne. Well, that's just common theory. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what retroviri do. Right. And yet nobody's written about that possibility with HIV. When, as far as I'm concerned, that frequency has become airborne, as you know. Mm-hmm. And you read about that in the book. And that's going back some, yes. Yep. And so this is common knowledge, and yet, it, 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 for some reason, it doesn't apply to HIV. But of course it should. It must. Mm-hmm. That's what a retrovirus does. It mutates. It attacks the RNA, forms new DNA. That's what it does. So anyway, um, that was something I thought should be pointed out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, and so I've done so. Now, what do you have to point out? Well, <laughs> I came across, and I don't know, I was kind of, I, I'm so drawn to, to it that I just bought the guy's book, but I, I missed it. I, he wrote the book in 2013. The guy, I just wanted to ask you if you were familiar with his book or him. His name is Martin Pistorius. Um, he wrote the book Ghost Boy. And he he lived with his, his parents. He was he was living in South Africa and apparently when he was about twelve in the in around nineteen eighty seven, eighty eight, he it says he slowly began 
developing symptoms that included him losing the ability to move by himself. Um, it was, and I, this just came up. He was uh, he was interviewed on the Today Show today. Said doctors were unable to diagnose the exact ailment and believed it was cryptococcal meningitis and tuberculosis of the brain. Long story short, he went home with a sore throat and progressively he slipped into a coma. I mean, he literally couldn't do anything. And as he ex- explains it today, he he can't speak. He uses a computer and and, and communication uh, technology similar to Stephen Hawkins, but he he was in this coma. And he he says he basically woke up four years later, and he couldn't move or communicate or let anybody know anything. But he was completely aware of everything that was going on. In the in the meantime, the doctors, when they first were trying to diagnose him, told his parents that even though he was you know early teens, that he had the brain function of a three year old. So he's got a great sense of humor because he's saying he's it was explaining that basically his parents would sit him in front of a television set, and he has nothing but praise for him, but they'd sit him in front of a TV playing nothing but Barney when he's, you know, 17, 18 years old, and he's kind of coming around and knows he's totally aware of what's going on. Um, And he's progressed. Somebody picked up on this. It sounded like somebody in the alternative healing field um, noticed that he had some eye movement, and they were finally said, hey, this guy knows what's going on, totally aware. And he's progressed now uh, to the point where he's – He's actually driving. He can't walk, um, but, but he's got more movement with his arms and so on. He's even able to drive. But I was just fascinated by the interview. So I just bought the book called Ghost Ghost Boy. Oh, he was uh, just trapped in a in a coma, trapped in his body. Is, I just this a, is this a popular book? Well, I don't know. I missed it, Stephen. I just ordered it on uh, through Amazon on Kindle, but it's called Ghost Boy. And, again, his name is Martin Pistorius. Um, he's he's got a, a website. I don't know how up to date it is, but he's I guess he's back living in the UK. He's married now, but it's it, I, I just couldn't wait to get the book after. And again, you could probably watch the segment online. He was on the Today Show uh, interview this morning. I I just thought it was it was remarkable. I couldn't wait to look it up and, and get the book. So I'm going to be reading that this weekend. But it just it just spoke to me. And then when you were talking earlier today, it's like here. You know, people try to figure out what's going on, but what an incredible healing, self-healing story. Well, yes. I mean, that's the point. Anything can be healed. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, and there enters the holographic principle because if you have more, I have copied that down there, I mean, see it? Let me take that away. If you have all of life behind you, helping you, you are just that much more effective. Mm-hmm. There's the hologram. Yeah. There is the reason to be aware of your connection to everything. Because if you are aware of it, you can use it. Because you're there anyway. It's not like there's no connection if you don't recognize it. Yeah. It's just that you're too damn dumb to know it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's still there. But that's a different story, isn't it? Yeah. I guess I shouldn't say dumb. That's going <laughs> to definitely invoke some antagonism. But yeah, that's... That, that one might come back to bite you. But no. Oh, they, they all do. It doesn't matter. <laughs> 
No, I'm but I just and again, so I, many times. But go ahead. I, I just thought if if you weren't already aware of of this individual, I thought it might be something you'd, that you'd be interested in. And hey, you know, it's I love I love discovering stories like this. Um, it just you know everybody needs a needs a boost now and then, and 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 stories of uh, what's possible out there. So I'm looking yeah. forward to to reading this. The only other thing I had, Stephen, we hadn't really. Um, I was looking back through notes because a couple of people had asked, you know, about measles, and it's not something we'd ever discussed from an energetic um, standpoint before. But then, then again, it hadn't been in the news as much as it's in the news right now. Is it is it something that's got a, a hereditary aspect to it, or is it strictly something that that's I have never I have never seen hereditary measles. Number one. Okay. Number two, it becomes an issue only because of the vaccine. When I grew up and when you grew up, there was no vaccine for measles. Mm-hmm. And you got measles because everybody did. It's very, 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 very contagious. And every kid gets measles. And every kid gets over his measles. And if someone doesn't get over his measles, there's an underlying problem that's very, very strong. It's that simple. Because the axiom of that which does not kill me makes me stronger comes right into effect, right into play here. Mm. We, we have to develop our immune system. This is part of our developing immune system. And you get an, a, a, a disease, you overcome it, and you are that much stronger, and you'll never be a victim of that disease again. And that's the way it works. You will catch it again mm-hmm. and get rid of it in whatever it is, minutes, an hour, it doesn't matter which. I, mean, I don't know, maybe you'll have a little... Maybe your eyes will say, yeah, my eyes are burning today. So what? Maybe you'll sneeze somewhat. Maybe you'll even get a little bit of a rash and scratch your eye and have eaten something about it. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm so, my thought process is so trained now, Stephen, that I just, I was chuckling because whenever I sneeze, I'm going, hmm, wonder what that was. <laughs> wonder what that was that I caught and just overcame. <laughs> Yeah, well, it may not be that fast, but it doesn't matter. It feels like it's, it. It, it, it. It's like you get things, you get rid of them. Mm-hmm. End of story. Right. And you've got better things to do than to run around saying, what was it that I just had? Yep. <laughs> Who the hell cares? It's when it lasts and you're not getting rid of it. You say, oh, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, to have a vaccine for measles me is insane. I think it what it's doing is weakening our immune system. We don't get the full disease and overcome it. We get this very weakened version of it and we're not building a strength, a resistance to disease the way we should. This is all part of what looks like modern medical miracles. And in reality, it is weakening the species. 
understand when to do nothing. And will some people die of measles if we don't have a vaccine? Some will, but they have been so weakened that it's just a question of what gets them when because they're very, very weak. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you are overcome by something that everybody catches and gets rid of with no lingering effects, right? and it overcomes you, you had some problems. But that is the way we keep track of the species. It's called survival of the fittest. And this is how we survive. We learn to overcome things. It's why when you get anthrax, you sneeze. <laughs> yeah, that's all, that, I remember that aspect of that. Mm-hmm. That scary word. It's not scary to you. No, it's not. But it used to be to some well, people. Yeah, well, so what? Everything used to be is what is. Yep. That matters. Mm-hmm. And 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 all of, well, if we can't do this, we are going to unbelievably weaken our species. Is this part of an overall plan to say, okay, now we'll have to fit out the species enough that we can continue the way we should? Because I don't know, but it would work. I understand I'm being somewhat paranoid, but am I really? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worth thinking about. Even if you don't do anything but think about it, it's worth considering. Right. Because survival of the fittest is a real concept. Indeed. But you must have these tests. You must have these challenges to overcome, to become more and more fit, to survive. If you weaken the diseases in a laboratory, you don't have the strength within you to deal with something that comes along when it comes along. You don't have that natural strength. And I find that to be interesting. Mm-hmm. So, that's my comment on what you were saying about, about measles. I don't know what you were saying, but... No, you got you covered it. You covered it. Is that where you were going with it? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Oh, sorry about that. No, 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 no. It was, it was, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something that a number of people have brought up, um, and I just wanted to see what your input was from an energetic perspective. Well, it's why there's a huge movement in the country of people who, and they've had an impact now. Mm-hmm. Um, the schools have stopped saying you must get your flu shot. But a lot of parents refuse to have their children get flu shots. Mm-hmm. And now the physicians are saying if you are immunodeficient, immunocompromised, uh, if you're very old, you should get a flu shot. And otherwise, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that because they've been forced into that corner. They don't yield any ground without a fight. Right. And so there it is, you know, well, the flu is the flu, so everybody gets it. What can I say? Anyway, that's really what I have to say. Do you have anything to add to all that? 
I don't. We've we've uh, covered uh, covered our 45 minutes just about here, Stephen. Appreciate that. So um, I will be. It, it sounds like you were writing down the information about that uh, author that I mentioned in his book. Oh yeah, sure. No, I have it here. I, I wrote it down. If you do, uh, if you do look into that, I'll be interested to hear you, any any comments you might have. Of course, there's pictures of them all over the place. I'm knowing you, you'll 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 do your thing with that. <laughs> and, keep to, and keep it to your, so. and keep it to yourself, thing, you know, of course. <laughs> I I stretch the laws and the rules a little bit for me in the sense of uh, this is how I look at people, and so I look to see what frequencies my look. They have a public picture. I look at it, mm-hmm. but I do not discuss it with others. No. I can't do that. Right. And I certainly can never put anyone on aim unless they ask for it. Sure. So that's my interpretation of that. Yeah, if I see this picture, I'll probably look. <laughs> but that's all I will do is look. Indeed. So, yeah, go ahead. The only other comment with that one, I would I would say is when you've talked about um, what is it, Michael, the frequency of Mycobacterium ulcerans being uh, similar to the worst form of uh, frequency form of TB. Is that correct? That's this, right. This mention, this uh, well, this is just under under uh, Wikipedia. It was just one of the many links on them. Said that when they were um, they were trying to diagnose them. They believed it was cryptococcal meningitis and tuberculosis of the brain. Well, I hadn't heard of that one. You think it's tuberculosis? I, 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 I don't think it's common, but I've heard of it. Okay. We're just curious about that. I've heard of it, sure, because, um, let me see, in my, I may even have reference to it here. I'm not sure. Um If I go to over here, turn F one one. Let's see if I have it here. Yep, I, there it is. I can test for TV of the brain. Mm, okay. Now, bearing that in mind, I will look and see if that frequency is present in him. That frequency is present when I take a look at him. Mm-hmm. I have TB of the brain here. Okay. I I just, yeah, and it was just one of the other many things. I, mean, I didn't expect to see that word connected with the, with the brain, but you just never know. Brain's just an organ, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, something gets through there. Yep. I find things get through what they call a blood-brain barrier with absolute ease, you know. It's like... Mm-hmm. And I, when I learned about it, I learned, well, that, there's this barrier that stops things from going into your brain. Aren't we fortunate that God gave us that? Right. Well, yeah, that's a nice thing. And then little by little, learned it, except for this that goes in, and that, and that, and that, and that, and that. <laughs> and everything goes in. Mm-hmm. Every person who's bitten by an insect and gets encephalitis gets a disease in the brain. Yeah. And basically most headaches are a disease in the brain and on and on and on. The blood-brain barrier, as far as I'm concerned, is a very good and useful thing for keeping out, like, sparrows and anything larger. <laughs> okay? You have such a way with words. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. 
Yeah, I mean, what, what, does, it, what does it keep out if all mm-hmm. these things we find in the brain? Yeah. So what's this barrier? Indeed. It's a okay. traffic stop. It keeps out trucks. Mm-hmm. Lord knows we've found plenty of frequencies that have impact on the orb of the brain, for sure. Yeah, the placental barrier is another one that really interests mm-hmm. me. I mean, you know, sure. And there are all these countless diseases that the fetus can get right. in utero. So what happens? Does the barrier like to take a break? Well, that's a different question for a different day. It is. Probably, yeah, probably for different people who work in that field. Mm-hmm. I raise the questions. Uh, they're valid questions, but I don't think I have an answer for it. Right. I'm, but somebody probably does. So, All right, I think sir. You, have we done it? We have done it. I thank you for your time and the update, as always. My pleasure, and uh, have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. You as well, and a, and a happy Super Bowl day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm sure right, a lot you of can hang up. All right, Eileen came here to hang up. So, bye, honey, hang up. Goodbye, hon. Bye, everybody. All right, sir. Have a good one. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Take good care, and we'll see you next week.